Hey, so this podcast is all about team building. And so I know that you are probably here because you're thinking about hiring or building a team, or maybe you've even started to do so, but still have a lot of questions about how to do it the right way. Growing your team is a huge step. Even if you're just thinking about it, I applaud you. And also, there are a lot of things that you might not even think about that can be absolutely disastrous for a newly growing company if you don't know that you need to be aware in advance. So I created a guidebook for you. It's called The 10 Pitfalls of Growing a Creative Team. And that's gonna help you avoid the things that can wreak havoc on your business if you're not careful. Things that I really wish someone had told me when I first started growing a team. It's a free guidebook, so you can download your copy right now. Just click that link in the top of the episode description, or you can go to hannahbjorndahl.com slash guidebook. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-B-J-O-R ndal.com slash guidebook. Would you say that you've had a successful year? What about this month? Was this month successful for you? Would you classify yourself or your business as a success? And if you know the answers to these questions, do you know why? We all want to be successful. We want our businesses to be everything we're dreaming of and more. Success can be defined in a lot of different ways, more on that later, but the truth is, is that there are some core foundational concepts that are crucial to understand if you want to be able to end each day, each month, each year with that satisfying feeling of having been successful. So that is what I'm going to share today. Let's get started. I'm Hannah Bjorndahl and you're listening to Everyone Wins. overwhelmed by all the things you think you should be doing in your business? Like you have a million amazing ideas that you know will make your business better, and yet you can't seem to find time to even accomplish one of them? Do you feel frustrated, disappointed, and maybe even a little bit guilty that you haven't reached that next level? I remember feeling this way too, and I have great news for you, my friend. It doesn't have to be that way, which is why I'm so glad you're here. Everyone Wins is a podcast for business owners like you, smart, successful, and passionate about your business. I'm here to help you achieve your best and most fulfilled life, one that is free from the burdens of all the shoulds and laser-focused on the things that will really make an impact, both on your business and your life. Something you all should know about me is that I am not a singer or a musical type of person. However, when I was a senior in high school, my friends convinced me to audition to be in the school's musical with them. Spoiler alert, I was relegated to the chorus and regretted this impulsive decision to audition pretty much immediately, but I stuck it through. The musical that my high school produced was called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Maybe you've seen it or heard of it, but just in case you haven't, here is a quick synopsis. The main character, a lowly window washer named J. Pierpont Finch, discovers a book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying and decides to follow its advice, leading him to quickly climb the corporate ladder. So now it's over 10 years later. 
This show popped up into my mind while I was preparing this episode. I think there's a lot of us who would love to stumble across a book like this. Maximum success, minimal effort, sounds pretty nice, right? Especially as small business owners, shortcuts, insider advice, or secrets of how to succeed are incredibly appealing. I've spent a lot of my career as a photographer and small business owner trying to find those secrets. I have tried so many different ideas, done so many different experiments, soaked up all the education I could find, and in the end, it actually has taught me a lot less about success than just life experiences outside of my business, which I have learned from people who have nothing to do with photography or the wedding industry. So I want to share some of my key takeaways about success with you today. My hope is that this not only encourages you and inspires you, but also helps you actually become that successful business owner that you aspire to be. So number one, the first thing you need to believe in order to be successful, time is your most valuable resource. Yes, time, not money. Time is your most valuable resource, and as a small business owner, you are in charge of your time. You're your own boss. It is a beautiful thing, and I think it's why a lot of us actually got into the small business world, right? We wanted to be our own bosses. We wanted to have control over our calendar and our schedule and our working hours, and yet so many business owners end up working more hours than those who work as employees. Maybe this is you. You jumped out of a full-time job only to find yourself as a small business owner working more hours than you used to. So why is this? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but I think the main reason is fear. Fear of not being good enough, of not making enough money, of not landing that next client, or even of being judged for not working enough by your friends who aren't small business owners. However, successful business people, truly successful small business owners, understand that time is precious and they treat it accordingly. When you come to really believe that time is your most valuable resource, you start to realize that a lot of the work being done in your day could be condensed or reassigned or reimagined or even altogether removed from your to-do list. So for example, I used to do everything I could to avoid paying for apps and subscriptions to things that I thought I could find another way to do for free. In my head, money was more valuable than time. One type of free app in particular that I resisted were the Instagram planning apps. Maybe you use these yourself. I figured I could use the free version of a certain type of planning app, even though it didn't have a lot of the features that would have saved me a ton of time. So a few years into, yes, a few years into using this free app, I was encouraged by several peers that I should upgrade to Planoly's paid plan. So I hadn't used Planoly before, but I heard it was really great and that the paid plan was actually just like really effective and what I needed. It was about $90 a year, which I really hated the idea of paying because I had this other way of doing things that was free. But I figured I'd try the monthly payment plan and that way I could cancel after one month if it didn't really make a difference and it was going to be like $8. So as soon as I started using it, I realized that it was going to cut my time for planning my Instagram feed in half. I was spending about four to six hours a week planning out and posting to Instagram. So this was going to save me at least three hours a week and multiply that by 52 weeks in a year and you get 156 hours. So that's $90 for 
for 156 hours that it saved me, which comes out to about 58 cents per hour. This is a no-brainer. I will absolutely pay 58 cents per hour to get that time back in my life. And if you don't think that three extra hours of your time each week is worth a buck 50, then we need to talk. And not only that, but I actually enjoyed the planning process so much more because I was using this better quality app. I wasn't feeling rushed or stressed or like it was taking up all my time. There are a lot of different ways to be smart about using your time. And some of that will be shared in the following tips, but for any of that to actually have an impact, you need to believe that time is your most valuable resource. So if you're wondering how you can take the first step to making this belief a reality in your work life, I would encourage you to start tracking how you use your time each week. So each day of work, track what you're doing and for how long. This does take a little bit of extra work and sometimes you'll probably just have to estimate how much time you spent doing something because you know we're not always looking at the clock, but do your best and do this for a full month of work. Also, be sure to do this during a typical work week, not during the incredibly unusual ones. That will make uh, your time tracking a little bit more accurate. So after this, you can start to calculate and understand what is taking up a lot of your time. From there, you can decide if that's how you really want to be spending your time. And if it's not, it's time to make some decisions. You can streamline your tasks, you can reassign or outsource them, you can automate things, you can do batch work, or you can even, like I said before, cut a task out of your business entirely if you don't actually think it's making an impact on your business. Tasks that you don't enjoy, that are easily done by others, or aren't having impact on your bottom line, so the money you make each year, are the best ones to start with. So as we move on to the second thing that you need to believe in order to succeed, I want you to commit to believing that your time is precious and incredibly valuable, and I know that that's going to allow you to be much more successful, not even just in your business, but in your life as a whole. So number two, we're moving on. The second thing you need to believe in order to be successful is that perfection is not the goal. So I'm a perfectionist. I think I've shared this before on the podcast. If I'm going to work on something, I want to do it to the very best of my abilities, particularly in a career field that is creative and artistic. There really isn't a clear standard of when something is finished, right? So if you're a creative business owner and you do something kind of artistic or creative, you know that Finishing a task can be kind of difficult because there's always something little you can do to tweak it to make it better. I used to spend hours and hours and hours editing photos to the point where I'd feel like I was going cross-eyed. I couldn't even like see straight anymore. While there was absolutely some value in honing my craft and developing my personal style, I obsessed over the perfect edits for far too long, which caused problems in other areas of my business And it prevented me from moving forward and getting stronger as a business owner overall. The same has happened in other elements of my business, even this podcast. When I first started it, I obsessed over the sound quality and wording things just right. I would like re-record entire episodes because I would think I sounded weird. It wasn't until I realized that this was actually preventing me from focusing more time on the most important part, the content that I'm delivering to you. And that's when I realized I needed to be okay with sometimes wording things a little awkwardly or not liking how my voice sounded at a specific moment. So do you struggle with wanting to make things perfect too? 
Something that I think every successful business owner believes is that perfection is not the goal. Is perfection sometimes important? Yes, of course. Do careless mistakes and sloppy work lead to problems in your business? Definitely. However, if you take a step back and remember that perfection itself is not the goal, you can set your mind more clearly on what is the goal. What's the bigger picture of your business? What impact will a certain task or project have on the bigger picture? And if you do that task or if you complete that project absolutely perfectly, is it going to make an impact? Is it worth the extra effort or meticulous attention to detail? Or will you still basically have the same impact regardless of how perfect something is? Most importantly, the question to ask yourself is, is the extra time worth it? These are the questions only you can answer for yourself because only you can decide what the bigger picture for your business is. And as a side note, if you're struggling to get clear on that, check out my vision casting guide, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And I'll talk to you all about what it looks like to cast a vision for your business and get clear on your big goals. My life and my calendar opened up so much when I just decided to let go of the need to always do things perfectly. I realized that for so many of the tasks I was doing, I spent the majority of time perfecting the smallest, least noticeable little details. These little details, most people will never know the difference or notice them, which makes them not worth all that tedious work. Like we discussed before, time is incredibly valuable. It's your most valuable resource. So how you spend your time is directly related to your success. The more time you spend doing things you don't want to be doing, the further you are from leading a truly successful life. So two practical ways to let go of perfection if you're like me. First, outsource tasks that others can do. You might think that no one can do a task like you can, and you're probably right. This is your business and you're a perfectionist like me. However, consider those tedious tasks that could actually be done by someone else and have the same impact on your business even though you're not doing them. For my photography business, editing was one of the first things that I did outsource. I found an amazing, reliable editor who helped me develop a process for outsourcing editing to her without at all losing the signature look of my work. When I added employees to my company, I actually reassigned this editing work to them because we had this clearly established process of editing that allowed for quality control and consistency. Remember that redistributing tasks to others might take more work up front to prepare? Don't be discouraged by this. Consider that you're really just investing a little more time now so that you don't have to spend any time on it later. So in the long run, you will be saving tons of hours of work. Second, set time limits on certain tasks that you do and set alarms or timers that alert you when the time is up. Force yourself to stop working on that thing when the time is up. Set a realistic time frame that is still a bit of a stretch compared to how long that might normally take you, and you can even slowly speed that up as time goes on. And be sure to reward yourself when you stick to the allotted time too, and this will help teach you over time to get more efficient and do things within a certain allotted time frame. Okay, that's it for number two. Let's move on to the third thing you need to believe in order to succeed. 
going to pause from this episode for a minute to talk to you about what I think is one of the best ways to elevate your business's market position. Let me tell you about our episode sponsor, Baskin Co. If you've been following me for a while, you know that in the past, my website was a struggle. I spent hours and hours of time trying to find a great web designer, but I found that it was really hard to find someone who was willing to take a deep dive into my very specific and very real website needs. Enter Megan Baskin from Baskin Co. Baskin Co. is a modern website design and brand strategy studio that works with creative entrepreneurs like you so you can book your dream clients, increase your prices, and elevate your market position to break into the luxury market. While her website designs are absolutely stunning, BCO also specializes in creating highly strategic designs that will drive your business towards your biggest goals, which is one of the many reasons why she is the best. Megan actually cares about the why behind your website. Baskin Co. redesigned my own website, and during our big rebrand, she was the true MVP. She walked me through every step of the process, paying attention to the smallest of small details that made the biggest impact. Most BCO clients opt for a payment plan, and just for being a listener of this podcast, Megan will cover your first payment, so that means your first payment is free. Just make sure you mention Everyone Wins. So if you want a stylish website that takes your business to the next level, you can connect with Megan at baskinco.com, that's B-A-S-K-I-N-C-O.com, or on Instagram at baskin.co. Now let's get back to the conversation. Number three, lots of competitors means lots of opportunities. In the wedding industry, I've heard so many people talk about oversaturated markets. The general thought behind this is that because there are so many other people doing what you do, it's very difficult to get work. I have got to tell you, I fundamentally disagree with this argument While it's not always true, I typically think that lots of businesses doing the same thing actually means that there are a lot of people wanting to hire that type of business. So therefore, there is a lot more room to specialize or niche down what you're doing to reach a very specific ideal type of client. So let's take an example from the world of Airbnb. As you might know, I own an Airbnb beach house in Naples, Florida. When my husband and I were considering this investment, We looked at a lot of different neighborhoods, and the neighborhood that we ended up buying in had a lot of other homes that were listed on Airbnb. We were a little bit concerned that this might mean that our home wouldn't get much attention or wouldn't get rented much because there were so many other options. So for a while, we considered buying in a neighborhood that had like two homes on Airbnb. But then we received some data, and that data said that on average, homes in the saturated market neighborhood rented way more often and for way more money than the neighborhood that only had two homes in it. And we're talking homes of the same size and quality here, not like a giant mansion versus a tiny little condo. These were homes that were pretty much equal in two different places, and the really, really busy, oversaturated neighborhood was seeing way more success. So what's happening here? As the interest in short-term rentals grew in that busier neighborhood, So did the number of Airbnbs. Property investors learned that this was the spot where people wanted to rent. For the most part, the same is true of small creative businesses in any industry. More paying clients will mean more businesses. 
And if your business is location dependent, this is especially true in more densely populated areas. There are so many more people. So even if it seems like there is an overwhelming number of businesses doing what you do, that's not really what matters. What does matter is how many potential paying clients are out there for you. So an equally important core foundational belief that goes right along with this one is to ask yourself the question, if not me, then who? I'll admit it, it is intimidating to see a lot of competitors out there. It can be discouraging and as you probably know, it even causes some people to quit entirely. But I have got to tell you that this one question really changed my entire perspective early on and gave me the confidence I needed to keep going. So again, the question is, if not me, then who? Every single potential client out there has to hire somebody, right? So asking yourself this question, if not me, then who, is a way of approaching your work that says, not only am I an option, but I am the option. There is no reason why my ideal client should be working with anyone else but me. It's just a matter of making those clients aware that I am an option. This question is also a challenge. It's a challenge to ask yourself, what does make me special? Why do my clients love me? Why did they choose me? Asking yourself these questions will actually help you maintain a high quality brand that is targeted at the right people. More than anything, this question has been a constant reminder to me that everyone is in the same boat. We all at some point had to have client number one. We all are just people striving to have the best businesses possible. So this is an encouragement because no one is perfect. And it also allows me to have empathy and love for my competitors rather than feeling jealous or hateful towards them. So I encourage you to ask yourself this question frequently. If not me, then who? And also remember that lots of competitors mean lots of opportunity. All right, let's move on to the fourth and final belief needed to be successful. Number four, success is different for everyone and only you can define what success means to you. Now, if you're sitting there rolling your eyes and thinking that's not really a success factor, stick with me and listen closely because I really do think this is actually the most important of all four. Do you ever feel like success is kind of a moving target and you never are quite able to reach it? Like you've reached some kind of milestone or achievement only to realize that you're not really satisfied? If you find yourself experiencing this often, this is for you. Many of us spend our days defining success as what we see other people doing or what we think we should be doing, but never actually thinking about what we want to be doing. So what do you want? This question should actually start with your personal life. What does your best and most fulfilled life look like? If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you have heard me ask this before. You cannot be successful if you have not even defined success for yourself. So let's circle back to our friend Jay Pierpont Finch from the musical. Throughout the show, he follows this book that he found to the letter. But surprise, surprise, not all goes well. Towards the end of the musical, he causes a major company catastrophe and he nearly gets everyone fired. And then he realizes what he really wanted the whole time was the girl. Is anyone surprised by this? And yes, of course, there is a happy ending. I will admit that this is a really cheesy story and might not even be directly correlated to what I'm trying to say. So let me summarize by saying this. 
Often what the world or even our peers might define as success does not matter. What matters is what success looks like to you. This might mean a lot less money in your bank, but a lot more time to do the things you enjoy. This might mean less weddings published online, but more devoted loving clients that sing your praises. For some people, it might even mean a significant pivot in what you're currently doing. Or it might mean none of that, but it's up to you to decide. And my friend, I really want success for you. So if you don't take anything else away from today's episode, I hope you'll take this away. Only you can define what success looks like for your life. And it is crucially important to your life that you do the work to define it. If you are stuck in your business right now, or you're not even sure where to start in thinking about this question, but you do have a feeling of wanting to work on that, I have a little guidebook for vision casting to help you work through some of these big questions. And it's linked in the show notes. So check out the notes linked to this episode and you'll find it there. I also, in general, just really love talking to small business owners about this stuff. If you hadn't already guessed, I'd love for you to say hello and introduce yourself. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Hannah Bjorndahl. Or you can email me at info at hannahbjorndahl.com. I would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. I post new episodes to this podcast every single Wednesday. So I hope you'll join us next week. Bye for now.